Take your Bible this morning and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul starts off chapter 4 as a call to holiness. As he, he's telling them, he says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, to exhort and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ that, we have, that as we have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God so you would have walk and abound more. So he's calling them to, to live more holy and, and to, to separate themselves from the things of the world. And But I, I want to go on further into it. And, and verses 13 through 18 are verses that we use a lot of times in funerals for comfort. And l- listen to these verses. It says, he, he says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be ever, ever shall we be ever with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So Paul's telling them to comfort one another, but I want to look at one thing. You know, we were talking earlier about going up on ladders outside the church and how when we were younger, everybody didn't, the heights didn't bother you as much. And it's not the heights that really bother you, it's that sudden stop at the bottom that tends to bother us a little. But, you know, you think about some. if you listen to these words, one day we're going to go flying. If you're a child of God, one of these days you're going to fly. So the time, title of my sermon this morning is Time to Fly. And as I thought about these words that, that, that of comfort that's given, you know, it, it's wonderful comfort where we tell people we'll meet those that's gone on before us. We'll meet them in the clouds, and that's a wonderful thing. But I think verse 17 is the best verse of hope that we have as Christians today because it's something we ought to think about every day that we're awake. Listen what it says. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we be ever with the Lord. So we're coming to a time that one day we're going to go flying. And I think that's going to be awesome. You know, as a kid, everybody wanted to be able to do something like that. And we all thought it would be great. But actually, one day we actually will. And I'll go ahead and tell you, it's coming and it's getting here quicker and quicker. That it's at any time he's going to step out on the clouds and call us home. I mean, you listen to the world that we live in and you see the things that's going on. You know that God's going to be coming back soon. You know, you think about this. Today, we live in a time when people no longer seek the truth. 
They don't want to hear the truth. They'd rather be told a lie. They, 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 they want to be able to justify the sins in their life. And so they'll, they'll come up with all kind of things. Paul warned us about that as he told Timothy in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Listen to what he said. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itchy ears and they shall turn their ear away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So we see that Boy, I tell you, that's happening more and more now. People, it, it, it's amazing. We'll change history just to, to make our own point. That's the kind of world we live in. You know, people nowadays, they, they want to hear, it's okay to do so and so. It's not sin. Well, let me tell you something. Sin's still sin, no matter what you think, no matter how you want to call it. Sin's still sin. And most importantly, hell is still real. And I think people want, you know, it, it, it amazes me what people want to believe in, but then they want to just take and not believe in everything. We live in a time when people are, are no longer ready for Jesus or even looking for Him. There was a time when people who it may by not go to church, but they had believed that heaven and hell were real. But Satan's one big tool that he's used and he's gotten very good at it is to convince people that it's not. And that this is it. Live like you want because this is everything. Boy, I tell you, that's a bad way to look at it. Think about what everything around you is. If this is everything, we're in bad shape. But God's promised us things. But you know, I thought about it. I said, Lord, how do we know it's at the time? When, when things are going, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. In verse 37 through 39. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in that day before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away. So shall also be the, the son, coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus said it's going to be that people are not going to be paying attention to what the gospel says. People are just going to be out living their lives like they normally do. Just like they did in Noah's day. You say, well, that don't sound that bad. They were living and everything was going good. But if we go back to Genesis and look at chapter 6, we see the condition that the world was in. And let me tell you, it's in the same condition today as it was back then. And listen what it says. And God saw that the wickedness of, the, of man was great. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Let me tell you, 
If God looks today, it's grieving him at his heart. Because the way we've gotten away, the way we kill unborn children, the way we've turned marriages upside down, the way we accept any sin that comes along and try to justify it. We're worse than it was before the flood. We're worse than Sodom and Gomorrah ever thought about being. And so let me ask you a question today. Don't you think today God looks and says, it grieves me that I made them? The same conditions today. I, I, I thought about a verse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, when the people, basically it says, it tells us that when people were starving, that luxuries still abound. And that's the way it is today. I, I, I saw something this past week and it, it's made me just laugh all week long or just think about it. There's a homeless guy and I pass him by all the time. But the other day, he's sitting out there on the steps. He's homeless. People are giving him things. He's got his cell phone with him. That's the, that's the world we live in. We don't care about having the basics. We don't care about providing for family. We don't care about loving one another. But boy, we better have everything that we want. We better have our cell phone. We better have the, the things that we hold dear. We better have those luxury items or we're going to get upset. So that's the kind of world we live in. It's prime ready for Jesus to step out on the cloud today and come take the church home. Boy, let me tell you, when that happens, it's going to be hell on earth. So you better be ready to fly. And I think the problem is today, most people aren't. You know, even the church today really isn't. Listen to Jesus' word in Matthew 24, verses 40 through 44. It said that two shall be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be at the grinding mill, one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye ready also for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Are you ready today? Christian, how would you like to stand before the Lord today with the things that's in your life right now? You, you ever thought about that? How close are we to God today? Do, are, are we getting more worldly in our walk and more worldly in the things we do? How's your righteousness? You know, if, if you know, I, I thought about it, I said, Lord, if I had to stand before you today, what would you think about my walk? So how's your walk? James said this in James chapter 2, verse 18. He said, Yea, a man say thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So does your walk show your faith? You know, showing your faith is just more than just coming to church and sitting in a pew on Sunday. It's more than just every once in a while saying amen or smiling or, or getting excited. It's living it when you're not here. If you're not living it when you're out in the world, let me ask you a question. How is your walk? Do you really even have one? Do, do things show you're a child of God? What motivates you every day? 
You, you, you realize that a lot of times we get up in the morning and we start our day. What's starting that day for you? Is it God? Is he first and foremost? You know, we all want to say, hey, I love the Lord with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. But in truth, what is it that drives us? What gets you going? Is it the love for Jesus? John said in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You say, oh yeah, that's it, preacher. We're not. But how many of us truly do that? He says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's a good litmus test for yourself. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. As the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but what that he doeth the will of God abide forever. I mean, think about something. Many of you, real, y'all remember when you were young, and you, you were six foot tall and bulletproof, and you could do anything? Don't you wish you could go back now and slap that youngster and say, Hey, don't do that. You're going to pay the price one day. See, we don't think about the wages of sin when we don't see the death right away. But let me tell you a secret. The wages of sin is death. And we will pay the price. Your walk might be the only thing that someone sees that shows them the gospel. So how are you walking today? Your walk shows in your service. Listen to what James said at verse 21 and 26 through 26. He says, was not just Abraham, excuse me, was not Abraham our father justified by the works when he offered Isaac, the son on the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works and more of works was his faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and she sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead also. Faith, works don't save you, but works show what kind of faith you have. You know, if, if you ever met somebody who, who will tell you they're saved, they go to church, sit in the pew, and that's it. Go out and live like the devil on Monday and Tuesday and the rest of the week. But on Sunday, sitting right there righteous and pure and holy. Well, let me tell you, your faith shows your heart. Your work shows your heart. Excuse me. Your faith should control your heart. If we're not proving to the world what Christianity, what Christ, what love, what the gospel is, how are they ever going to know? If we live in a world that's seeking lies to justify their sins, how are they going to know? If you're not living it in the world, 
You're taking more people to hell than you ever realize. We need to be sure we're ready to fly when the time comes and that we're righteous. How's your talk today? Paul said in Colossians chapter 4 verse 6, he said this, he said, let your speech be, all, be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer to every man. Do you realize what goes in comes out no matter what? You know, when you talk to people, do you encourage people? Do you comfort people? Do you speak with grace? That word grace is charis. And it means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, loving kindness. Basically, it's words which turn people to Jesus. Or do your words push people away? You know, I think sometimes one of the biggest problems we as Christians have is our love to gossip. Our love to cause strife. Because you ever think about it, when we get upset, we want everybody else to be upset. When we're hurt, we want everybody else to hurt. I want to share something with you out of Proverbs. It's the six things that God hates. Seven which are an abomination to him. I, I, I thought about these and I said, Lord, you know, in verse 17, you get these things. You said a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that deceives wicked imaginations, and feet that be swift to running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. If you notice most of those, there seems to be a big group that has to do with speaking. God gave us a mouth to, to, to do wonderful things, to speak, to share, to sing, to praise. But how many of us do the things that God's hate or the one that he says is an abomination? How's your walk? How's your talk today? Is your word seasoned with salt? You ever had beans without salt? Or what about a potato chip without salt? Those just aren't of God. They don't taste right. You need something to flavor them. We're supposed to have words that are seasoned with salt. Salt's also a preservative. Do, do, when you speak, do people want to hear what you have to say? Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you know, he, he, he's telling us, listen to what he says. He says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, Peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into marvelous light. How's your words doing that? 
You know, I thought, I said, you know, if anybody understood about opening their mouth and sticking their foot in it or saying the wrong things, it was the Apostle Peter. I mean, you think about this. As he stood boldly before the other disciples and said, Jesus, when all these other guys flee from you, I'll be right there. I'll go to the grave with you. And then where did he go? kind of a testimony well Peter can't stand up to him who can are your words sharing the gospel do people enjoy talking to you how's your heart this morning because if your heart's not right then there ain't no flight going to be for you Ezekiel told us this God said this Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. You know, as I thought about that, I said, Lord, I remember when I had my heart transplanted. I remember when you came in and took that old stony heart out and gave me one of flesh, one that you could serve, one that you could use. But I got to think, I said, there's times in my life it ain't been right. And it's like I have to keep going back to the heart doctor. I have to go see mine just every three months, whether I want to or not. I need to see the real heart doctor every day. What controls your heart? Is it the world or is it the Savior? Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and he said this, be not conformed to this world, don't. You know, be not conformed to this world. When you're conformed to this world, the world tells you you don't need to worry. You know, it, it tells you, you you're okay. You're not as bad as so-and-so. I mean, think about it. Hey, you can get serious later. Or you get serious about God on Sundays. Rest of the week's okay. You see, that's what the world wants you to think. That's what Satan wants us to believe. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. He wasn't talking to the lost. He was talking to the Christians. Because so many times we go out and we get into the world and we become what the world is. You can't tell the difference. You know, you, you, you think, listen, listen to what John said. John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not him. For all that is in the world, listen to these, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You say, well, I, I, I don't, that, that, that's not me, that's not me. Let me tell you something, anything that you want and you strive after to get, is lust. If it's not God, and that's the one thing in your life, you say, you say, if you look at something, you say, man, I want that car. I'll do anything to get it. I want what my neighbors have. I'll do anything to get it. I, I, I can't say much. I'll overeat. That's the things of the world. That's not what God wants us to do. And so when he puts it in, a lot of times we think, well, those are sexual sins. Yes, they are, but no, they ain't. There anything you put before God. 
He said the pride of life. How many of us suffer from that? I'm too proud to walk to the altar. I'm too proud to admit. You realize that we don't do enough confessing in our life. The Bible says we're supposed to confess our sins. Aren't you glad you don't have to confess your sins before man? You confess them before the Lord? You need to be doing that every day. Because I guarantee you, every one of us sin. We all are guilty of it. He says, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And as the world passes there away, the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abide forever. You know, the thing about being a child of God is we have the ability to ask for forgiveness. But if you don't know the Lord, then when the trumpet sounds, you're left. When the trumpet sounds, people will be joyous because of that which holds Satan at bay right now will be gone. He'll have free reign. All the sins you want won't matter. But the truth is that they do because there is a wage for that sin. But God commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Jesus paid the price that Satan doesn't want you to believe needs to be paid. And that's what the world sees today. If you think you're okay, you think you're good, you realize that God loved you so much he gave his only son. People think, well, if I start following the Lord, I'll give up this, i got to do that. Let me tell you, when you give your heart to the Lord, he takes care of everything. Things that you lose aren't nothing you really need to have to start with. He'll give you better than you ever had. Amen. You know, I, one thing I love about being a child of God, if I have a need, I can call brothers and sisters and say, will you pray for me? And their prayers will help me because I know it. I know it firsthand. This week we've had many calls, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. See, that's one thing Satan don't want you to understand. He thinks, wants you to think you got it all by yourself. No, you got to clean yourself up to come to church. Boy, if that's true, none of us could be here this morning, could we? If that's true, then, boy, I, I would be, I'd never make it. But God does that for us. He makes it so easy. He said, all you got to do is, is this, he said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So what does he mean by confess the Lord Jesus? Know that you are a sinner. You can't get to heaven without him. Because Jesus is the only way that he loved you enough to die for you, and all you've got to do is surrender to him. Yeah. That's it. Just confess that. Say it. Just, we, we, I, I, I do this prayer every Sunday. And the reason why, because if you've never prayed it, I want you to pray it. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you're going when you take your last breath here or where you're going when the trump sounds. If you've never asked Christ in your heart, just pray this prayer with me. If you're watching, just pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. Right now I turn from my sins and ask you to come into my heart. 
Make me a new creature in Christ. Thank you for loving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you believe it in your heart, then you're saved. All you got to do is just tell somebody. You, you can, you send, if you're watching us on, on, on Facebook or you're watching us later, you can send the church a message and we'll get back. We just want to pray with you. That's it. Want to welcome you into the family. Tell you what you got to do next. If you're watching this, you want to be a member of our church. Say, well, I can't make it. I, I'm, I'm shut in. I just can't get to church. You want to be a member? Hey, send us a message. We'll get in touch with you, and we'll help you out that way. But the best thing about it is, is this. When that trump sounds, you know where you're going. Yeah. You know, maybe you're a child of God this morning, and, and i got to ask you a question. You, you prayed that prayer. How's your heart? You know, sometimes it gets cold and indifferent. Sometimes we, we let things get to us. How many of you ever had a lot of worry in your life? Anybody? What about hurt? I think that's one of the main things that gets a lot of people. Get your feelings hurt. Well, let me tell you a secret. Everybody's feelings gets hurt. We're human. Maybe you get angry. I've been angry at God, but his grace is enough that he understands. You know, we, he tells us about our worry. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You bring that problem to him. Say, well, preacher, I've tried. Well, sometimes what you need is to get somebody, will you come pray with me? Will you lift me up during this time of trouble and heartache? You know, God has the ability to take the hurt that you have. And I know people have been hurt. And people have been hurt by words from church members. They've been hurt by different things. But God is an awesome God. Jesus can take care of that. In Isaiah 53, 5, he says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. See, Christ went through and suffered for all the hurt that you had. Don't worry about other people. He'll take care of you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Human beings will. We can't, we can't keep our word. We're human, but God can. Maybe, you know, you got that anger. The Bible tells us this, as Jesus said this, by saying you love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Well, Richard, you don't know the hurt and the anger I have towards people. But when you can start to pray for them, sometimes you start off through clenched teeth. Sometimes you're mad and you have to say, you have to watch what you pray and you know, Lord, don't. And I pray, Lord, let me get hit by a bus and the Lord got on to me. But the, when you start to pray for them, before long it becomes easier. And that pain and that sickness in your heart starts to disperse. He can take the anger. He can take the worry. He can take the hurt and remove that and give you a peace that you can go out every day and face a world that's turning more and more against God every day. Because you have the peace that passes all understanding.
You know, don't let it be too late. Fix it right now. Listen to this. If you're ready to fly, listen to where we're going. Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Do you hear that? For you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. God loves you so much that he's working on something for you right now. That when the trump sounds and we step up, the dead in Christ rise first and we go fly, we get to see the glories that God's got in store for us. Are you ready this morning? Are you ready to hear the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because any moment, the trump could sound. Because the world we live in is worse than anything it's ever been. He's coming back, and he's coming back soon. You better be ready. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, humbly approaching the throne of grace. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here or somebody watching that doesn't know you, that, Lord, you'll steer in their hearts today the fact that they need to be saved. Father, I pray if there's somebody here that's not walking as they should or talking as they should, Lord, that you'll get hold of them and let them see the truth. Lord, our time here is short. Lord, any day we know you could come back. And then for those left behind, it'll be, be too late. Father, help us to be the witnesses we need to be. Help us to do the things we need to do. Father, I know there's people out there that's got hurt and worry and anger in their heart. And they need to come and take care of that. Whatever is in between us and you, help us this morning. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet.